This is a show about content marketing for established course creators. Unlike other shows about marketing, we focus on sustainable, measurable content creation. How to authentically automate your marketing to build up your know, like, and trust factor with a nurtured, engaged audience. And get back to actually living your life instead of working to live. Hey, hey, friends, how are you doing? Happy New Year, especially if you're listening to this close to the release date. And even if you aren't, I hope your 2023 is off to a fantastic, amazing, and wonderful start. And I know that there's out there in like the social interwebs and whatnot, all of those, surely 2023 will be better than 2020 or 21 or the dumpster fire of 22. And I'm not going to say that, but I am going to say, you know, you can choose to make a change. You can put your stake in the sand right now, even if it's June. And you can say, from here forward, I'm going to do better. And if that's what you're feeling like right now, I'm going to say, let's do better with content. I know so many of my clients come to me and saying, I feel like I was supposed to have a handle on this a year ago. I need to have a handle on it now. So if you want to make 2022 the last year you didn't have a handle on content, listen on. That is what we're going to be covering today. And specifically, we're going to be talking about why those 365 days of content lists are killing your business. And if you're a course creator, killing your next launch in a really big way. Now, I've had a bone to pick with those 365 days of content lists for years. If you decided to like go back in my Instagram account five years ago, you could probably find me ranting about them way back then. That is the point here. And and yeah, I can be a little ranty here, but I'm also pulling back the curtains and giving you the bare truth. They are harming your business. And a little louder for those in the back here, content templates, content prompts, 365 days of content lists. They are harming your business. So here's the short version. Content templates are meant to be general so they can appeal to as many businesses as possible. That's how these low-priced offers make money and generate leads for the creators. They're appealing to a lot of people. They're sellable. The downside of these very popular offers is that everyone and their grandma can technically use them and they all end up sounding the same. In a noisy market, and our markets all are increasingly noisier, you don't want to blend in. You need, need to differentiate. So why would you be willing to be the 17,000th purchaser of that content idealist? Sounding like even a thousand other people in your niche is the opposite of differentiating. Now, I know the content idealists seem easier. I understand the appeal of content templates and content prompts. They seem faster. They seem cheaper. That's what they're selling. They're selling the easy button, like those Staples commercials, for this whole quote-unquote marketing of your business. They are banking on the idea that you are so tired from your launch, turning around and immediately diving into fulfillment, that you couldn't possibly take on yet another thing, nurturing the audience that hasn't bought from you yet. So if a content idealist seems to quote-unquote fill in the blanks, when you're staring at that blinking cursor of doom, I get the appeal, and you think, what can be the harm, right? Surely some content is better than none at all. I disagree, and I've got the data to back it up. So let's talk a little bit about the harm content templates bring to your business. Exhibit A, the people who are selling the lists, they're not using them in their own businesses. 
Yes, I have done some sleuthing for you guys, and no, I'm not going to name names because that's not what I'm about. But I've actually purchased some of these lists in the past. I wanted to see whether they were actually worth all the hype. I wanted to see whether they were doing the job. And the people creating these lists, if you go and look at their social media accounts, they're not using them. So if you've purchased one in the past, I challenge you, go take a quick look at their last 10 social posts. Any platform, any medium, you pick. Are they using the prompts that they're promoting? If they are, and I doubt they're consistently using them because I've never seen it, but if they are, how are the results looking to you as an audience member? Are you feeling connected to those posts? And if they aren't, why? If they're selling them, they're saying they believe in them, why are they not using them? That's a critical thinking question. I don't have the answer here. Actually, I probably do have the answer, but I'm not going to put words into their mouths, right? So let's move on to exhibit B, why content templates are harming your business. You are supposed to be a unique expert. And the popularity of easy content means it's ubiquitous, not unique. So back to the idea that 17,000 people could buy that same list of content ideas. And even if only 1,000 of them are in your general niche, that's 1,000 people potentially talking about the same thing as you. Especially if the content prompts are things like, and by the way, these are straight up lifted from a list, talk about a time you were frustrated and overwhelmed by a big task and how it made everything else seem hard. Or... Give an example of a client who was stuck and how you help them with a problem that saved them hours each week. Let's talk about just those two, right? If you're a, for example, nutritionist focusing on postpartum health, there are only so many client stories that you can offer that would help save your client hours a week, right? And there are only so many ways you can describe their pain points without sounding like a complete jerk. If you're any other kind of business, if you are a therapist, if you are a person coaching small local businesses in marketing, if you are a um, parenting expert, anything that you can think of, there's really only so many answers you can give to each one of these prompts without violating, you know, patient or client confidentiality, without sounding like a jerk by digging too hard into pain points, as I mentioned, and Therefore, you're going to end up sounding exactly like everybody else in your niche. And if you're supposed to be a unique expert, you just lost all of that uniqueness. Any way that you were connecting with your social posts just kind of died a slow death right there because you now sound like everybody else out there. And if you sound like everyone else out there, one, you're not going to be memorable enough for them to build that no like, and trust relationship. And two, why would they pick you over somebody else? It then becomes a race to the bottom in terms of price. So let's move on to exhibit C. Even if the content you create from these lists is popular, it's not nurturing the right people. And this is where I'm going to probably separate myself from most content people. I don't like looking at vanity metrics. I like looking at lead generating metrics. And I'm going to get back to that in just a minute. But first, let's just talk about for any offer, there is going to be a chunk of people who didn't buy because it wasn't the right time. Realistically, you can have the best offer with the clearest, best messaging in the world, and there are still going to be really great clients who cannot buy it right now. That means if you're a live launcher, you have a segment of your audience who truly wants your course. They're just not ready yet. 
Maybe they have a big parenting crisis going on in their world. Maybe their kids are having a problem, or maybe their actual parents are having a problem. Sandwich generation, right? Maybe they generally are not ready for your offer, but they can see themselves being ready for it in six months. Or maybe they're ready for your offer and truly money is an issue and they will not go into debt. These are all people who can be excellent for your offer, but they're just not ready yet. So my question to you is, how are you serving these people right now until your next launch? When you use these easy content lists, you're going to put out generic content like we just talked about. And that generic content could be popular. It may even go semi-viral because these popular generic appeal topics do tend to do that. But it's not going to lead to great launches. And here's why. That kind of content trains people to think they're going to get everything they need from you from your free content. It does not train them to think critically about your offer or the solution that you do offer them. And it does not train them to take action. Vanity metrics as a whole train people to double tap, give you the like, maybe even comment, possibly even share. And sharing is a little bit more into the action side, but still largely vanity. I like looking at what I call lead generating metrics. These are people who click links, people who on Instagram, for example, go to your profile, which is the closest thing that they can do to click a direct link on Pinterest or on LinkedIn. They're clicking your links. They're going and they're following on YouTube. They're subscribing. These are all lead generating metrics. These are them actually taking action from your content. And you know what? These content prompt lists, they don't train people to do that. They don't train people to move onto your email list. They just train people to hang out on your Twitter feed and sponge in everything that you get, but never take action. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think that you are my people if you're listening to this. If you're not training people to take action, they're not going to join your course. But also, even if they do join your course, they're not going to take action within your course. So they're not going to become a good case study. And they're not going to give you a great testimonial because they're not action takers. You want to use your content to nurture your people to become action takers and really, really learn and make a change, have that transformation so you can help more people, truly help them, not just help your pocketbook, right? So those are the three reasons content template lists harm your business. The people selling them don't believe in them enough to be using them in the first place. You're supposed to be a unique expert and they're not nurturing your audience in the right way. So let's move into solution land here, right? When would you want to use these content helps? Uh, I do have some offers that I actually really enjoy. For example, I'm a subscriber of Katie Goebel's Quick Vid Trend Report. I'm not a huge fan of short format video. I've talked about that, but I recognize the algorithm really wants us to do some here and there at least. So I subscribe to her report. In it, she sends several trending audios that you can use to pick up views. Uh, one could call that a content helper or a content prompt, right? But I don't use them that way. How do I use them? When I have a topic I know would lend well to a few sound bites, I check out her latest report and see if any of the trending audios fit the pattern of what I'm trying to convey. And if so, I use them to create a reel or a TikTok. So how do I not use them? I don't read through her list of prompts and then try to make my message fit her suggestion. If you're going to use a content prompt or content template or suggestion, always start with your message first, then see if there's a suggestion that fits you. Don't put you into a box 
your message gets to create the box. Now, it's okay to start off by looking at suggestions and templates, but as you grow and firm up your messaging, you're going to find these just don't work for you very well. Overall, the short answer to this question is to use a framework, not a template. And even when I do follow others' templates, I look at the template's goal first, and then I modify it to fit my message. The stronger your message is, the less it will be able to fit into another's template anyway. Your goal, again, a little louder for those in the back, your goal is to have a message so strong and unique, it can't fit into someone else's template. So what's a girl to do here? What is the solution for non-launch content if you're out there and you know you need to be nurturing the right audience in the right way to take action, what are you supposed to do? Now, if you're identifying with that earlier scenario I talked about way at the beginning of this episode, and you know firsthand how exhausting launching can be, and you know that you're going to be dead tired after, and even with that like nagging, I should be nurturing feeling that you've avoided in the past, what do you do? I'd like to introduce you to evergreen content. I have talked in and around this quite a bit, but I've never just called it out and said, evergreen content plans are proven to generate leads, prime conversions, and be ready in the background for you to turn on again when needed. Will it take a bit of work to create it? Yeah, it'll take a bit of work. Anything worth it is work. This is why I help my clients with strategic content they can evergreen once it's proven so we can take it off their plate when they don't have the capacity to think about how to prime their people, even when they know they need to be more consistent. That's what I do. So how would this look for a typical course creator or group program launcher, right? Maybe you launch three times a year. So we can say that, you know, out of the 12 months, there's three months that you're just putting out launch content. There's still nine other months to go. So what are you doing during those pre-launch, you know, three-month or four-month-long pre-launch periods? We can call it a really long content runway. We can call it evergreen content, as I just called it. Either way, what are you putting out there in the meantime? My goal is to help people create a plan, a content plan that they know is proven so they can turn on that content plan when they're not launching, when they're delivering their program to people. All of that makes it easy or easier at the very least, right? So that you can be producing good things out there when you're not hot and heavy launching. Proven, nurturing, evergreen content plans for between launches aren't easier, faster, or cheaper. They're better. They're more effective. And they build longer lasting results with an audience primed to buy during your next live launch. So when you decide you're ready for this, when you want to make 2022 the last year you didn't have your content under control, you know where to find me. I'm right here. BrittanyGardner.com is my website. And I want to make sure that this is something you are ready for before you talk to me. I don't convince people. I have quite possibly the lowest pressure sales process out there. And the reason for that is it is work. I'm not sugarcoating it. When you work with me, there will be a bit of a time period you have to get through where you are creating a lot. But the other side is greener. The other side is easier. And it gives you that confidence to really move through the year and the seasons that you're moving through in a way that feels good. You know you're taking care of the people who have paid. 
you're, you're, you're taking care of the people who want to pay, and you're working with all of the rest of the audience out there who doesn't know what they're ready for yet and giving them a really good way to test whether you're a good fit with them. With that, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes, I definitely raised my pitchfork, if you want to call it that. That's what good content does. Good content separates and good content turns off more people than it turns on. So if you listen to this episode and you're like, wow, I'm not into that. Congratulations. My content has done its job. We're probably not a good fit to work together. And this might not be the podcast for you. But if you listen to this and you were like, yeah, finally, someone's saying it down with templates. You are going to love the season of content we have planned coming up ahead. I'll see you then. All right, friends, you know the drill. If you found value from this episode, there are two things you can do to thank me. The first is share it with a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, you learned something from it, odds are you know somebody who needs to hear this message. I do truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And if you help that friend with something that they need to do, we're going to have less crappy marketers out there, which means less scams, and we get to help more people in those ways that we uniquely are meant to help them. The second thing you can do is leave a rating on whichever podcast app you are listening to the show on right now. Doing that helps me reach more people, getting, again, this same great information out there, and we all make a better, happier, effective, and ethical world as a result. Thanks so much. See you next week.